Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. All right, so check this out. For 22 years, I've made myself believe this disturbing series of events did not happen to me. I've successfully convinced myself that this was all just imagined. Our minds and souls have this amazing ability to protect us from psychological damage. Then I spoke with a friend that I haven't seen in a long time. The same friend I allegedly experienced this event with and he confirmed the whole thing. I'll do my best to accurately present the entire story as raw as it happened, and apparently it did happen. The story revolves around a Ouija board. I hate to even say or type those words. I will not and have not touched one since 1997. As previously stated, this was about 22 years ago, making me 13 at the time an age where I believe most of us start to branch out in curiosities. It's no longer just having sleepovers with friends, playing video game consoles, or getting into high school sports. Girls were starting to become appealing. In my time, professional wrestling was starting to really take off. A group of my friends were diving into horror movies and scary stories. This is something that always appealed to me. Ever since reading Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, I was hooked. This series of books came out when I was around eight years old. They sold them at our Scholastic Book Fair. Looking back, these stories and illustrations were way too intense for eight-year-olds, in my opinion, but I sure did enjoy them. We like being scared. We like to feel something more than the everyday mundane drudge of what we call life. My friend Philly and I enjoyed getting together and watching horror movies and telling urban legends. We started doing this almost weekly, especially during the summer when school was out. Of course, this was the pre-internet era, so all we had media-wise was actually renting a movie or physically going to the theater. And since most horror movies were rated R, we couldn't see them. I'm sure to most millennials or post-millennials, this sounds like a nightmare scarier than any real-life story. Because we got tired of renting the same movies over and over, we often focused on urban legends, what we call creepypastas today. We might find some books at the library that had them, or we just made up our own. At this time, we wanted to feel some actual terror. I wish we would have just stuck with our stupid scary stories. I bet every group of friends had one of those Parker Brothers made board games stashed somewhere. The infamous Ouija board. This toy is simple. They even used to advertise it. A board with the alphabet, numbers, the words yes, no, and goodbye. I suppose this was inevitable. Every kid has to learn for themselves that they are not to be played with, literally and metaphorically. Growing up in a God-fearing family, I knew this felt wrong. I felt this board wasn't right. 
I also could see through the marketing strategy that Parker Brothers were selling these specifically to children, like all board games, but this one was different. They wanted kids to play this only, not adults. You played Monopoly and Shoots and Ladders with your parents. You sure as hell didn't play the Ouija board with them. I felt this was wrong, but I also didn't know anything. I was 13. My current 35-year-old self has a hard time understanding what happened and why I dove into this, knowing the outcome would not be ideal. I found it, my buddy Philly said, under my sister's bed. This was the start of a series of events that would haunt me for quite a while. It, of course, was the Ouija board. We made sure no one was home when we pulled it out. There was an air of mischief around this thing. Certainly, we couldn't deal with his sister finding us in her room, and definitely not his mom finding out what we were up to. The board was glossy and new. It looked like we were possibly the first to ever use it. The device that two or more people used to glide over the board, revealing the answers to your questions, was almost ivory. I wanted to research what this thing was even called, but I don't even want to start down that rabbit hole online. If you've noticed, I don't even want to call it by its name, simply referring to it as the board. I'll call the gliding thing the Oracle for this story. We had two sessions with the board. The first was incident-free. We asked a few silly questions, what our future held, if we would get married and have kids, stuff like that. Even though I had never played this before, I still knew not to ask questions like what was the name of the person we were talking to. Maybe we had gotten that from the hours of watching scary movies. The second session was when things got really weird. Billy and I were going back and forth with the board, asking some simple questions about our future lives. I remember asking where I would live as an adult, and the board said, Seattle. I lived 2,000 miles away from Seattle at the time, but this is where I felt the aura of the board shifted. It felt like a thunderstorm was brewing, one where the sky turned red. The oracle we used to piece out answers to our dumb questions had moved slowly before, but now it was jerking, almost moving off the board to the next letter. I can tell you this about the game. It is real, and neither one of us were moving the oracle. My hands weren't even on it at some points, but back to the Seattle question. I was, and still am, a huge fan of baseball. I have rooted, unfortunately, for the Detroit Tigers for my entire life. The mid to late 90s was the explosion of Ken Griffey Jr. to Major League Baseball. I loved watching him play. I got his jerseys for a couple of Christmases and birthdays. I'm sure most know that Griffey played for the Seattle Mariners. I loved how the nautical S looked on that teal uniform. I started researching the city of Seattle and thought how cool it would be to live there. Do you see where this is going? The board was not plastic and glue to me anymore. There was something controlling it. Something powerful and dark that knew I had this particular city on my mind at this time. I didn't let on to my buddy what I was feeling. He didn't seem to let on that he was afraid either. So we kept on. The next segment of questions is a blur to me. All I remember is the oracle going mostly to no when we asked a question even if it wasn't a yes or no answer that was required. 
Then I asked the last question that I would ever ask the Ouija. Don't get your hopes up. It was nothing profound or deep at all. This is what I asked. Would the Detroit Tigers ever win another World Series? The Oracle moved so fast to goodbye, I thought a tiny trail of fire would be left on the board. I'll never forget looking at Philly and seeing what I'm sure was the exact same bulging eye, mouth-open expression that I had on my own face. We knew that one of the rules of this game was when the board said goodbye, you put it away immediately. I think we even read that on the instructions. We threw the board into its box, hustled to a sister's room as fast as two hostess cupcake and Mountain Dew-filled teenagers could. Billy chucked the board under her bed like nothing happened. After a few breathless moments, we finally started to let out tiny little laughs, lighting up into big belly laughs as we hit the floor, rolling. We were laughing out the nervousness, also kind of feeling dumb about how scared we got. After the madness finally started dying down, we moved on like nothing happened. I should have stated right from the start that it was late at night when we started playing, I would say it was about midnight, as cliche as that is. When the board said goodbye to us, it couldn't have been more than one in the morning. Billy lived in the country. Across the street was a cemetery. I know, now I'm really hitting cliche territory, but I swear, it's true. There weren't many houses around. If you wanted to walk to your next door neighbor, you better plan for a good 20 minute hike. Finally, all mania was shed and tired from playing video games, we decided to step outside. We looked at the graveyard, noting how calm the night was. Billy had a large section of his yard covered in rose bushes. They were pretty wild and were not kept up. Needless to say, nothing would be able to get into those bushes and not get completely diced. We heard rustling, though. Again, the night was calm, and I don't remember any wind at all. At first, we could hear the bushes. Then we could see movement. To this day, I don't know and don't care what it was. It could have been a small animal, but I highly doubt it. We knew something wasn't right, and we bolted for his house. Even now, writing this, I feel like an eerie presence around me. We both knew this was relating to the board. Billy suggested we make it a night and try to get some sleep. I wish this was the end of the story but it's not. A few short hours later, we were woken up by a series of faint knocking noises. I couldn't determine where they were coming from, but it sounded like it was somewhere outside the house. We both cautiously got up and moved to the kitchen where his front door was. I slowly peeked outside and saw something that made my heart drop into my stomach. A man, slight build, wearing all denim, was standing right outside the door. The man also had creepy-looking horn-rimmed glasses on, outdated even for the late 90s. Billy had a porch in the front that was raised about five steps from the ground, and the man was on the ground. So when we saw him, we were actually looking slightly down at him, seeing him from the top of his head down. It's an image that is burned into my mind. He didn't move, He just stood there. We once again fled to his room and shut the door. We didn't call the police or his mom. We just sat in his room, not sure what to do. After a few moments, 
we stupidly decided to see if he was still there. He was gone. I successfully convinced myself that there was no man on the side of the house. I just couldn't handle what was happening on this night. I think Philly did the same. Finally, day broke and we dismissed the disturbing events of the previous night. I don't even think we discussed what happened. About a week later, I got a call from Philly. He said he had a dream that we were playing the board and a hand came out and attempted to pull his head down. He awoke sweating and in a small amount of pain from where the force had grabbed him. I hated to say that I had a similar dream. Right there, we decided to meet up and do something about this board. My mom dropped me off at his house a few days later to sleep over for the night. When I arrived, I couldn't find him in his house. This was before cell phones, so I didn't have the option to simply call him and see where he was. I checked out back where his garage was, and there stood Philly with the board sitting on top of a pile of kindling and a burning barrel. His mischievous grin told me what his plan was. We lit that sucker on fire. Nothing happened. Now I was really freaking out. We've all heard the stories of people attempting to burn Ouija boards with no success. Billy wasn't phased, though. He pulled out a jerry can full of gasoline and he doused it. The board lit up and quickly evaporated into nothing. It was over. As far as I can remember, nothing happened after that. We didn't speak of anything we experienced that night. Over the years, I chalked it up to an overactive teenage imagination. I may have told a handful of people over the years, mainly just to tell a scary story. I know that I've said this a few times, but I have completely treated this like it never happened. This, to me, was all in my imagination. We did play the game, but the rustling bush, the man, in my head, none of that happened. Over the years, I moved quite a distance away from Philly. We kept in touch a few times a year, even making the almost thousand mile drive to see him about 10 years ago. Fast forward 10 more years, and I decided to make the trip one last time to see my hometown and to get together with Philly. He invited some people from the area and struck up a massive bonfire. In between bites of pizza and swigs of beer, I recounted the story of that night. I told him how I imagined the aftermath of our decision to use that board. I know you're going to think this is crazy, but I thought there was a man standing outside your house that night, I told him. Billy looked at me as stone cold as he could and said, yeah, I remember that. My blood never went colder. My friend confirmed exactly what happened that night. It was like we were both there again, 22 years ago. I repressed that Ouija board so hard I made myself believe that it never happened. The Ouija is nothing to be played with. I haven't touched or looked at one in over two decades. How a piece of cardboard can summon some kind of evil from another realm is beyond me. I just know you don't want to open it. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. 
That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply.